0: Everybody. welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello.
1: How's it going? Oh, I'm good. I've been battling tech today, but I think uh, I, I'm currently oh, no. winning. So,
0: <laughs> well, that's good.
1: It, yeah, you know, isn't it Mercury in retrograde? Mercury, and Mercury is just in going retro to retrograde. Yeah, it's I, time for techno problems. It is, and I try not to blame Mercury because it just seems so stereotypical. But yeah, my computer's been straight up ass today. But anyway, I think I've got something straightened out now. But yeah, no, other than well, that, I, I am, well, one, one quick outing to the, uh, to the pharmacy. I'm so excited. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Well, we woke up to a whole lot of snow. Yeah, and cold, and you know, yesterday it was 42 degrees. You guys mm-hmm. can laugh at that, but here in, in you know, February,
1: depending on where you That's live, it's really you warm. You might yeah.
0: be celebrating like we are. I drove around running some errands, and I didn't even wear a jacket, mm-hmm. so great!
1: Yeah, and then this morning, like, geez, well, and throughout the valley, it was, really cold. it was really, really windy in the night and early this morning. Yes. And throughout the valley, uh, the power was out in a lot of places. Looks like the power was out in about half of my town. It wasn't at my house, but I noticed even the, like, the school district was telling people that the district offices were open and warm if you needed a warm place to be. And it sounds like the power was out for some people until early afternoon. But uh, anyway, we were good. But, yeah. Yeah, we didn't lose
0: power either. But, oh, that's crappy. Mm -hmm. Well, went out a few minutes ago. Uh, to get some dinner and the roads are so slick that they are spraying ice melt in town oh really usually that's something that happens on the freeways and highways yeah yeah they were were spraying um ice melt in town so yeah we're having a weird weather day
1: yeah i i expect by the weekend it'll melt it off but yeah weird i don't like it so much i don't like it Mm -hmm. but the pigs hate it yesterday the pigs were playing outside they were actually like Outside, if they go clear back against our fence, there's pine trees there and there, there never is any snow there, you know. And so mm-hmm. every once in a while, they'll get brave and trudge back there through the snow and then hang out for a while on real grass, you know. And they did yeah. that yesterday for quite a while. And then weirdly, every once in a while, something happens with the pigs, like they have a fight and they'll come in the house <laughs> and. Well, the other morning, I put them out in the morning to potty after they had breakfast. And I usually leave them locked out there for like 10 minutes because, well, because they'll drive me crazy if I don't. And so I made them go Mm -hmm. out back, stay outside for a little while. Finally went and let them in. And I opened the door. We have a piggy door that they can come and go from. And our fee, our sow, came right in. Of course, she always is the first one in, out, first one to eat, first one to do everything. So she came Mm -hmm. marching in and no zig. And that's weird. He's usually right on her heels. And it was cold. It was like zero, you know. Mm-hmm. So I opened the back door and he's on the patio in the corner, head down, snout down, like tail down. Oh, he got touting. Something happened. I asked her, what the hell did you do to Zig? And she just marched in mm-hmm. the house. So <laughs> he wouldn't come in. I went out and petted him and talked mm-hmm. to him. And he was cold. His little hooves were turning all pink, you know. And I finally Mm. talked him into the house with a snack and he went and laid on a couch. He doesn't usually lay on. He usually lays with her and he didn't. I don't know what (laughs) happened, but they had a thing. (laughs) Anyway, yesterday they came marching in after being out for the whole afternoon and went into a different room, went into Scott's office and laid on a couch in there that they never lay on. And they slept on their (laughs) parental until this morning. I don't know what the hell, these pigs, somebody just come get them. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) they're all turned around they're mad at each other they're mad at us they hate this weather and they've had enough nobody has more spring fever than these two do for sure oh i'll bet i will bet oh that's funny and fiona's being mean and hurting Mm -hmm. zig's feelings right
0: and that's just it she's gotta quit that shit right poor little zig anyway how are
1: things at your house
0: Good, good. We're doing well. You know, I just, I was bummed about the weather. I was just like, oh man, mm, I it was like almost spring like yesterday and now, no. But I do want to say welcome to Gigi and Natalie and Carly and Bianca who are joining the live stream. Yeah, You guys, I'm sure know it, but tonight is our, this is our Wednesday night update. Yeah. So we like to come in on Wednesday nights, give some case updates. We like to share a solved case, talk a little bit about the true crime world and you know, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's what we're here to do tonight. Yeah. We're all about it. Yeah. So why don't we start with uh, Mary Mast? Oh, Shall we talk
1: about that. Jesus. Yeah, Mary. So Mary
0: Mast. Mary Mast went to court yesterday. So this is the Jessica Mast murder. Um, we have a we have a uh, playlist for this if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um. Her mother, so her dad, James, has already bonded out. He's bonded out staying with a family member yep. with an ankle monitor, Yep. which we were pretty dismayed about that. Well, Mary Mast um, also received bond yesterday. We don't think she's actually bailed out yet, but she received bond yesterday of $500,000 mm-hmm. and to wear an ankle monitor as well. Mm-hmm. So this is all going very strangely for people who actually participated and um, you know, were directly involved with the murder of their daughter and the severe beating of their little boy have now been bonded out. Well, he's bonded out. Mm-hmm. There was, I, I saw, a, I saw a picture online yesterday of her family and attorney mm-hmm. all huddled together in a parking lot. And They were talking about how to pay the bond and get her out. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I guess uh, this is my question. Tell me what you think, Katie. If this was a close family member of yours, who actively participated in the abuse and murder of their child, would you come up with the tremendous amount of money that it takes to bond them out of jail?
1: No, for lots of reasons. I mean, first of all... You're looking at fifty k. It it had to have yeah. cost fifty k to get James out, and it'll be another fifty to get Mary out. Why? Right. I mean, yeah. they just keep yeah. trying to. uh, You know, she has gone through attorneys a couple of times. That, you know, I just she has, yeah. There's a lot of money invested here. Like, where the hell is it coming from? But I yeah. did where have. Where is it coming
0: from? And and, and why? Yeah. yeah, lots of questions.
1: So this was posted yesterday, um, a message between uh, a couple of people following this case uh, that I thought was really interesting. So this person said, I wanted to let you know that I was at the sheriff's office doing a fraud report. And lo and behold, they were bonding Mary, uh, little Jessica's mom, out of jail. And if there was not, yeah, I get, and there was, oh, if there's not so many cops, I could have shown her what her daughter went through, yikes. Because she was laughing and in her pretty pink dress and being all happy. It made me sick. And the person responded. Yeah, I was in court this morning. And before it was even over, she was getting bonded out. Uh, This person says. Yeah. Wow. This person says it just pisses me totally off. The response. They drove past me and gave me the little finger gun. Ha ha waves and were smiling at me. The other person says, I don't doubt it. There was a lot of people waiting for her to come out. It was like they were going to be partying and that poor baby is gone. There were about 20 family members in court for her. It looked like a lot. And they gathered her up and she was all dressed up cute and smiling and happy. And off they went. Yikes. Yeah. I,
0: you know, that it, it makes me yeah. deeply concerned about that whole community. That this Mm -hmm. is the way they're handling it, really. Yeah. Just want to take a minute to say hi. We're talking about the Jessica Mast case, for those of you joining now, Mm -hmm. um, that Mary has now bonded out on an ankle monitor, just like her father James did last week. Yeah. I want to say hello to JR and Maggie and Betty and Shell and Alan and Cranky. Nice to see you all here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a little disturbing. To to think that those two are now out on bond,
1: after what they participated in, I just ooh. Well, and yet again we have her happy acting happy, you know. Yeah, there
0: was some weirdness in court too that every, a lot of people were really concerned and uncomfortable mm-hmm. with her affect, the way that she was smiling, and you know it kind of smacks
1: of Lori Vallow. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And yeah. all of this family. Uh, you know, rallying around her, putting up tens of thousands of dollars and giving her some place to live and bringing her home and acting like all is well. She did have court again today uh, regarding the matter of severing her rights to her remaining children. Uh, yeah. And there ha- really hasn't been any news about what happened in court today. That was a closed proceeding, uh, you mm-hmm. know, because it's family court uh but at any rate that is happening the state is in the process of severing her rights and her husband's rights to the children yeah which i gotta say this is
0: really fast mm-hmm. normally severing parental rights could take a couple of years and so i'm pretty impressed that they're mm-hmm. getting there this quickly yeah but it's real it's a very interesting oxymoron she's bonded out and they're yeah. taking her parental rights like yeah if if she is such a risk that they need to take her parental rights of her other children, why is she out on a bond?
1: Like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely it feels super weird to me. Thinking mm-hmm. of someone not on bond, Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. Kyle yes. Rittenhouse, Whoa. the kid who the is yeah, who's charged with uh, shooting and killing two and injuring one person in Kenosha uh, during a Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter rally uh, last fall has been out on bond and has been seen quite a bit out and about and in a bar and hanging out and selling his merch online and kind of acting like a celebrity. Well, guess what? He's on the lam. Today the police discovered that uh, they sent some court documents. The prosecutor sent some court documents to his home and they were returned because he doesn't live there anymore and they don't know where he is. He and his mother are missing. They have earned or raised about $500,000 for his defense. And so at this point, who knows where Kyle and his mother are? That one slays me. It slays me that he was not uh, on an ankle monitor. No ankle monitor? Yeah. Two charges of murder and he wasn't even on an ankle monitor? Yeah. I just, I can't even with that one at all shit well we'll see yeah if I, they I, took that money and leave the country you know i i'm right not thinking and you know, so, it's possible and that this needs to come, come down, down. Yeah. hard
0: on um the court who let him go
1: who let him out on bars absolutely needs to, there needs to be some consequences because yeah that is bullshit. jr says isn't he too young to go behind bars or well oh to go two bars so apparently yeah, in his state You can drink in a bar if you are 18 and with a parent.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, Yes. So that's, that's another uh, court update today. We're uh, I'm dumbfounded by that one. So we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah, Me too.
0: But yeah, we'll keep you updated. Yeah.
1: Um, JR asked a very interesting and timely
0: question. Yeah. Do you have any updates on the Delphi murders? It keeps me up. are. you must well, be psychic. Guess what? I thought maybe we did have an update this morning because on I have Google Alerts set and that's one of the cases on it. Uh, and there was a, an article that was an update in the case. Yeah, it's one of those updates. that's not an update. So um, the Delphi murders were committed on February 13th. Uh, 2017 so we're coming up on the four year anniversary of those murders and so the police Mm -hmm. put out what they called an update which was just a we're still working real hard to find this perpetrator kind of Mm -hmm. statement it wasn't there was no new information at all which was unfortunate but it's interesting that you were thinking about it jr because so was i and i was super bummed out
1: so yeah so far nothing new yeah we were really hoping but that case has haunted a lot of
0: people, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, it, it certainly has. I know that that community is just heartbroken over that case. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Now we, we see, we get comments on, you know, when we did that case, people still come back and comment on it all the time about how they think they should, <laughs> somebody posted just the other day, we, they should polygraph everybody in that whole town.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, everybody get it Not over with. Thought, right. However.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know, so you know we're we're keeping an eye on it, and if anything comes up, yeah, we will, um yeah, let you know, yep.
1: yep, it is disappointing, Oh, that's interesting. Shell says that uh she heard that Barry Morphew has been kicked out of his town home and that he's headed back to Indiana, Barry Morphew oh. being the husband of missing Suzanne Morphew that's missing from- uh Colorado, yep. Yeah. Did we do the Elisa Lamb case yet? No, we have not. Uh,
0: well, we did, actually. We did it oh. in a cold read, but we haven't done oh, an episode on it. Oh, we probably ought to put it on our list. And so it, it is on our list. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's one of those ones, Alan. That <laughs> we'll see who knows shit who around AR. here and who does not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we will... We will cover that one because it's on our list of of uh, cases that people want us to do. Yep, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's, see. let's see. I wanted to oh, just
1: talk Colby Ryan. Oh, well, Colby Ryan. You're right. Colby Ryan. There's talk about town here in Rexburg. I mean, Apparently, Colby Ryan has moved to Rexburg. Who is Colby Ryan? If you don't know, he is the son of Lori Vallow. He is her only uh, remaining child. He's her adult son who lived in Arizona, you know, and was frantically uh missing his siblings all of that time and uh, he has moved to Rexburg. So that's a very interesting thing. Uh talking to a friend about it, uh it sounds like he has found quite a bit of support here uh, from this community and and is here to heal. And feels like being here closer to where the kids were when they were, you know, where they died and where they were last alive has been Good for him. So, yeah. Apparently, he's living here now. He's actually doing a, a YouTube video once a week about his journey and his healing. And so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I'm glad he's here. I hope it is a good thing for him. Yeah,
0: I, I do too. I do too. And it, it may just feel better to him to be close to the to
1: the trial and yeah. to the trials and all the stuff, you know. Yeah. Yep. Now Um, he can't, in case you're wondering, I've had a lot of people ask me if I thought he's here because so that he can visit his mom. He can't visit his mom because of COVID. The only visitors she can even have are her lawyer or clergy. The only visits he could have from her would be through tellmate through the phone or through their their tablets, like video messaging uh, program. And I don't know if he's having those visits with her, but I'm going to tell you, I seriously doubt it. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any contact there at all since last spring when uh, he had a couple of calls with his mom and absolutely begged her to tell him where the kids were. And all she would say is they're safe and we'll all be together again soon and hang up on him. And that happened a few times and then he stopped calling. So I don't think that uh, he's actually here because of her. Uh, Oh, we're talking about the Lori Vallow, uh, Chad Daybell case. And Lori's adult son has Mm -hmm. moved to Rexburg. So anyway. Yeah. yeah, I I know that might not be of interest to everybody. But if you followed that case closely, you know, this has been. uh, Yeah.
0: And it's still a case we're following very closely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Carly asked if
0: we have done the Suzanne Morphew case. And we have not. I'll tell you why we haven't done it. Yep. Because uh, her husband and his thuggy friends have seriously threatened and scared the hell out of a lot of podcasters, mm-hmm. and so yeah. for now we're going to let that one go. I'm sure we'll, re- you know, come back to it, mm-hmm. but right now um, we don't really feel like risking our own safety. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not that far from us. I mean,
1: no, and we know podcasters who have. Yep. We know podcasters that they have literally run clear out of YouTube that have deleted their accounts because they have been so threatening. Uh, yeah, because of their coverage of the Suzanne Morph case. So, you know, we'd like to just stay here and do what we're doing. So we're not going to tangle with that one. At least not right now. No, we're not. I mean, eventually we will. But yeah. right now,
0: obviously not a good time. Uh, these guys are all saying we should uh, interview Colby. I would love to interview Colby. I, I, I know, I
1: would too. I think that
0: would be really interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I have, I had, cause you know, we we organized one of the vigils or, well, yeah, well, not a vigil, but the uh, memorial for the kids right after their bodies were found. And so I had a whole box of stuff from that that I needed to get to him. And it turned out that someone that I know is uh, distantly related to him. And so I'd just taken it all to her. So I've never actually met Colby. Mm-hmm. I've had some contact with him online, but that's it. So, yeah, yeah. I, we probably could do that now, though, that things are settling down a little bit. But Yeah,
0: yeah, maybe we could. I think that's a great idea, you guys. It'd be really interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, we just had a couple of other things we wanted to share with you. Yeah. I, you know, we get asked sometimes, why true crime? Why do we focus on these kinds of cases? Isn't it sad? Isn't it? A yeah. violation of privacy, you know, we hear a lot of those kinds of things from people sometimes, and, and lots mm-hmm. of people ask those questions about true crime, not just us. And I was just I just started listening to the audiobook of In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, who which you know really is one of the first like really definitive true crime books. You know, he did some really significant um investigation. On the Herbert Clutter family, they um, died in 1959 in Holcomb, Kansas, and they were murdered in their home. And he went there, he, you know, he went through a lot of challenging stuff mm-hmm. to um, to get this story. He wanted to tell yeah. the story of this family. And that's what he said over and over again, is he wanted to tell the story of this family and what happened to them. And it really kind of kicked off in many ways, the uh, the true crime movement. And I just found it really interesting, like learning about him and learning how, you know, he he went through a lot of challenges to be able to cover this case, because most people felt like they should keep it private and not talk about it. And, you know, I mean, you think of this was in 1959. This was, you know, our, this was like yeah. the... the generation of our grandma who used to whisper pregnant and divorced you know <laughs> so kind of <laughs> and that you idea dress that like you're, those
1: you're girls crazy. on tv yeah yes. <laughs> no, they're like secret. And i think
0: for us and i and i think probably for all of you too we feel like it's better to have all of these things out in the open so that we can know what could happen to us because we are much safer knowing yeah because we can protect ourselves to understand what's going on in our communities So that we can, you know, help exact change where it needs to, where it needs to happen. Right. To tell the story of people, just because someone died in a horrible way, doesn't mean that they, their story shouldn't be told, that their life didn't matter, you know? Right. So that was a generation of protecting perpetrators, you know? Yeah. It was. It definitely, definitely was. And, and we grew up, um, in a family that had a history of that as well. Uh, and that, you know, that, um chain was broken by our parents um generation mm-hmm. and it, you know it's just something we feel like is really important that these kinds of things need to be out in the open we should be talking about them so that we all know you know we are we have much more power over our situations and safety mm-hmm. if we know about it mm-hmm. and if we know that the potentials are out there and you know and then also you can validate and celebrate you know, the people who experience these things. So anyway, just had me really waxing philosophical about it. uh, You know, listening to this book and, and anyway, sometimes, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes catch a little attitude here and there about true crime. And I'm like, I don't think you understand Mm -hmm. what true crime really does for people.
1: Yep. Agreed. Yep.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's a good point. Red girl says we're, I think we're interested in understanding what happened to prevent it from happening again, also so that victims can be remembered. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Victims and, and well, families, they deserve that. Yeah, they do.
0: Well, and I, I was watching something recently with an FBI profiler who said that, you know, most of us would never commit any of these horrendous crimes. And so we have to try to understand it
1: mm-hmm. in
0: order to learn how to prevent it because it is difficult to process in your head why somebody would do the horrible things that they've done. I mean, you think about Lori Vallow. Why would she allow her children to be murdered like she did? You know, I mean, there's just so many things like that, that you can't fathom it for yourself. And so you have to, you know, really in depth understand it in order Mm -hmm. to, you know, really get to the details of it because you're never going to understand it yourself. It's never going
1: to be experience that Yeah. So placing yourself in those shoes may be impossible you know i was talking yeah. not too long ago to a very wise uncle of ours who said you know kate secrets keep us sick and he said i won't keep yeah. anybody's secrets because secrets keep us sick and i thought you know that is probably the wisest thing one of the wisest things i've ever heard i and he's right and we came from it a is. culture that is, does just that keeps lots of secrets very much so hmm yep
0: yeah, and our our mom did not put up with that for one minute, man. Mm-hmm. If she ever thought there was a secret being kept, she would call up everyone she knew and tell them, because mm-hmm. she was worried that, that mm-hmm. you know keeping secrets was causing yeah. secrets about abuse. And, and mean,
1: secrets about abuse, and, secrets about illegal things, yeah. secrets that should be in the open. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I was just really appreciating Truman Capote and the work that he did because yeah. man, he got treated badly for what he uh mm-hmm. did for all of the work that he did to write in cold blood and yes. and he did it anyway yep which i really appreciate mm-hmm. that he did that work because you know there've been others since then mm-hmm. of course but definitely um you know i i think it's super important for us to understand all of humanity not just the good need to know about the bad
1: yeah okay. the the only way to bring dark out into the light is to shine a light on it you know we yep. we have to do that Yeah. Well, that it's interesting because of the uh, solved case that I have for you tonight. Right. I I have an interesting piece of this that will crack you up because, uh, well, we'll get there. But this was the murder of Mandy Stavik or Stavik Stavik. Uh, This happened in uh, 1989 in Washington she was a freshman in college she was a powerhouse of a kid she had been uh she lived there locally she was going to college locally she had been um in high school she was like the star basketball player and was in band and was in all kinds of activities and was just well-known well-liked in this little community and she would go jogging every morning with her dog. So, when she was home for college break, she took off with her dog on uh, right about Thanksgiving time and took off with her dog for a jog. And a few hours later, her dog, a German Shepherd, came home and she did not. And oh boy. Yep. And so they started searching for her. A little later in the day, they found her sweatpants that she'd been wearing in the woods. And two days later, they found her body floating down the river completely naked, except for her shoes and socks and with semen, uh, intact. And so that was in 1989, they had a lot of suspects. They questioned a ton of people, uh, and it just didn't go anywhere, but the police have really kept this case open and worked and worked and worked it. Well, apparently several years ago, there is a guy who, got divorced in 2010 and when he got divorced his wife told the police that he was particularly interested in a girl in their community who ended up being killed in a cold case mandy and that when she was in high school he wouldn't miss one of her basketball games he always went and watched her play well he was an abusive creep of a husband and finally in 2010 she divorced him But she told authorities when they got divorced that he was really, really into true crime documentaries and shows. This will make you all laugh a little because we've all searched things that thought, uh, you know, if someone ever looks at my search history, they're going to wonder what the hell kind of person I am. (laughs) um, She told authorities that he was so interested in documentaries and crime shows like that and said to her many times, I would never get caught. I would never get caught because I know exactly what to do. You know, just always said things that just creeped her oh, out and made her wonder, is he? why is he saying stuff like that? And she was always kind of grossed out by his uh, infatuation with that girl, with Mandy Stavick. So, yeah, they go to his job. He is a delivery bread driver for Franz Bread. I don't know if you guys have friends where you are, but we do. And mm-hmm. so he's a driver for Franz. And they, the police ask the, uh, owners if they will give them access to what his delivery routes looked like in 1989 because he's worked there for a billion years and they said no and and declined to help so they didn't have really any reason to suspect him otherwise they did approach him because he was a neighbor he was he lived down the road from her and she would have jogged past his house every day when she went running but At any rate, they did approach him at one point and ask him, just said, hey, we're just asking everybody that lived in the area to just take a DNA test so that we can clear you. And he said, no. So they just kind of have this little mm -mm inkling, like, could it be, could he be our culprit? You know, but he won't cooperate. The job won't cooperate. They don't really have enough to actually get a warrant. But so they've been kind of watching him at work and, and hanging around a little bit, just kind of asking questions from a few employees. So they ask this unknown, un- unnamed employee what she knows about him. And she just thinks it's weird. And she asks him, what, why are you guys uh, hanging around here? What's this about? And they said, well, you know, there's, there's been a cold case that we were investigating and he's, you know, we're, we're, he's a suspect and we're kind of keeping our eye on him. And she asked them if it was the Mandy Stavik case, because that's a very famous case in their area. And they confirmed that it was. And she has, at the time, this woman had a college-age daughter. And so just really, you know, had a lot of empathy and resonated with this case. And she said, well, if I can help you, I I will help you. So one of the detectives called her up at work one day and said, hey, uh, because she was already kind of keeping an eye on him, but there just wasn't anything to report. Called him up at work and said, Hey, um mm-hmm. called her and said, Does he um does he eat at work? And she said, Oh yeah, he does. So she watched him in the lunchroom throw away a red solo cup and a Coca-Cola can. And she gathered them up and put them in a Fran's bread bag, <laughs> which that distracted just- me. Why, of course she did as you do as you right do. <laughs> who wouldn't put him in a bread bag my grandma put all kinds of shit in a bread bag this doesn't surprise me anyway uh puts them in the bag turns them over to the police and lo and behold that's who they match mandy Stavick's killer so they arrest him they charge him his attorney goes full blast that that was an illegal search and seizure that she was acting as an agent of the police without a warrant. And it was a huge hot button thing in court. Um, they lost, they, he lost the case. Uh, they lost the appeal. Finally, Mm -hmm. he has just recently like within the last, uh, like earlier this year has finally lost his very last appeal on that. So now they're finally, you know, getting down to, uh, actually going into prosecution. So because that piece of evidence That's was awesome. uh, Well yeah, because if you throw something away, then it you know it becomes discarded. Yeah. So. Yeah. His name, by the way, is Tiffany Tiffany. Tiff- 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 no. Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> what <How> the hell? <laughs> I, you never know. My father-in-law's name is Leslie, so I don't know. This is true. Uh Timothy Bass is his name, just so that uh you know mm-hmm. I said her name a few times but didn't say his Timothy Bass. So at any mm-hmm. rate, um, you know, he hasn't gone to trial yet. They're in the process of it. But uh, we fully expect that he will be indicted or, you know, will be convicted of this crime. But at any rate, all because a co-worker stole your Coke can and turned it over to the police. Yeah. Said, yeah? yeah I love that,
0: you know. That's one of the things I feel like true crime does for me. I'm like, hey, you need a little help? What do you
1: need? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in on it. I know. I get it. Right, DNA for the win, yet again.
0: Mm-hmm. DNA
1: for the win. Red Girl says, I think the garbage is
0: considered abandoned property so the cops can use it. Yes, that's exactly right.
1: That is correct. The The argument was that the police asked her for it. The police did not quite ask her for it. However, they just asked her, does he eat at work? And she put the uh, the pieces together and knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know... When you're a sick murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
1: So well, that's he has, writing. you know, his ex-wife who I'm guessing isn't very surprised, but is probably pretty horrified and children who now get to live with the fact that their dad is a murderer and rapist yeah. and, you know, wow, that's bad for funny. them. But I it always also, really feel for the families left behind oh, in situations like that. Jesus Christ, because it's not their fault. Those poor kids, yeah. you know. And but at least uh, you know, some closure coming here for her family as well. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most definitely.
0: Well, yeah. yay. Glad to hear that.
1: Yep. Oh, Carly's dad's also named Leslie. It was a oh, thing at one point, apparently. It, it <laughs> definitely
0: was. I have a father in law and a brother in law who are both Leslie's. So yeah. yeah. So I somewhere in the world, men might be Tiffany. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where it could happen. Come.
1: So <laughs> yeah maybe let us know (laughs) if your name is Tiffany I apologize I (laughs) yeah I I don't know I
0: just think you know um where you live you sort of have some norms about names and it doesn't necessarily line up everywhere else it's true Yeah, you know I mean there are places my name is Christy and there are places where men go by Christy so I mean that's true I have no yeah I have no weirdness around it at all I always just kind of think yeah, it's just
1: no uh, judgment here yep Yep. Oh, her oh, dad's from yeah. Weezer. Maybe it's an Idaho thing. It probably is an Idaho thing. It, it yeah. probably is. It very well could be, yeah. That's so We have an uncle whose name, no shit, is Buzz. B-U-Z-Z. Yeah.
0: And it's a family name, just so you know. Yeah. yeah. There are other family members who also have it. So mm-hmm. I'm
1: not ever surprised by any names,
0: you know? <laughs> like, whatever, whatever you want to name people, go for it, or whatever is in your family. It's yep. not one I would have, that Buzz is not one I ever would have liked thought of as you know but it never seemed weird to us because we grew up with an uncle named Buzz but
1: well I mean there was an astronaut you know Buzz Aldrin so Buzz Aldrin right well there was that (laughs) some other people chose that who looks in their baby's face this is my question who looks in their newborn baby's face and says I'm gonna call you Buzz like what (laughs) I don't know why apparently (laughs) (laughs) she She would actually she would (laughs) yeah
0: that's funny well that is what we have for you guys tonight this has been our wednesday night case update show we have the psychic hour coming up tomorrow night yeah it's the first thursday of the month so we will be doing our um not our case update no that's what we're doing right now our marching (laughs) order listen up tiffany get it together (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Alan James. Yeah. Alan says some, somebody named Woody, some men named Marion. Yes, exactly. So, you know, just because it seems strange to me because where I live doesn't mean it is strange because yeah.
1: But does anyone know a woman named Buzz? Do you? A woman named Buzz for the win.
0: (laughs) I'm so curious about that. Yes. Yeah. But we will be back here tomorrow with the Thursday night psychic show with marching orders and of course we'll be back next week with all our awesome more cases yeah. so if you have cases to suggest to us i saw a couple in the live stream please go to our website and send them to us it's just hard to um get them out of the live stream so go mm-hmm. to com. fill it out if you have already sent it to us don't worry we're making our way through them we we have tons of case suggestions from you guys And so we are working yep. our way through all of them and we will get to them so don't worry if you've sent them be not afraid we will get yep. there eventually yep you bet yep
1: yep yeah all righty okay thanks guys well,
0: thanks, take care normal with the psychic sisters
1: bye life is complicated the last year has been so hard on sensitive people So many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? Because my clients are my family, when you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack, into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, Professional Psychic Advisor, over at 12listen.com.
0: Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving and I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.